Yo, what up, though? This is Esham, and you rocking with the Connected Experience. Yo, what up, though, man? This is Big Greg, and you rocking with the Connected Experience. This is Premier Pete, and you're rocking with the Connected Experience. Cheers. Oh, yeah, this is Jake Prince coming at you live and in living color, and you're rocking with the Connect Experience. Yo, what's up, everybody? It's comedian TK Kirkland, a.k.a. T to the motherfucking K. And when I'm in Detroit, you already know what it is. I listen to the Connected Experience. You should, too. Connected. What up, though? I'm SJ. I'm AJ. And, and we, we the Connected, connected experience. experience. Hey, bro, what's Connected Experience? Man, the Connected Experience is the lifestyle, a lifestyle, our, our lifestyle. It's us putting people in the room who we feel you should talk to, get to know, learn about. We connect two people. Generally, we try to connect two people, but that's I mean, but the premise is, I mean, niggas get the, what the gist of the show is. It's yeah. just two people. Sometimes people be scared to uh, sit down in the room when they find out, like, it's another person coming. Like, they kind of Yeah, that's what we kind of do. Yeah. 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 yeah, why though? Because people are not about networking. Like they think people think networking is like liking a nigga's picture. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they think it's that shit. So, well, that's part of it, but that ain't all of it. I feel like I'm a physical person, man. It's a right. physical world, man. And I, that's what I'm saying. I feel like uh, when the internet started to take over, some of those basic uh, people skills, people don't have those. You understand what I'm saying? So you would meet somebody who's so outgoing and everything online, and then you would be with them, and they like quiet and reserved and. They give us their own line. And you know persona. what is an overused term, man? Introvert, man. If yeah. I hear one more motherfucker say they introvert, man, like, God damn. Well, I think it's because people don't read the dictionary and stuff. So when they hear something that they never heard before that they feel like they identify with, they be like, oh, that must be me. But if they had been using these words or just reading these words and familiar with these words a long time ago, it wouldn't be such an influx on when people overuse terms and words. You got a term? I do got a term. And my term is humble. And that's having or showing a modest or low self uh interest of one's own importance so like i might have said that wrong but that's basically like kind of like downplaying yourself in a sense like people say oh you should be humble like you shouldn't if you do this some people don't want you to say that you did this like i feel like humble being humble is like the biggest form of being narcissistic you feel what i'm saying because <laughs> yeah, you yeah. walk away like yeah i did that even if somebody you think they think somebody else did that yeah so that's like a play that's american shit for you yeah, know what i'm saying and i have a term also which is public relations it's the actions of a corporation store government individual and promising goodwill between itself and the public the community employees and customers etc so basically people have pr teams so when something going right the pr team probably set it up when it's a crisis it's crisis management team it's part of the pr team and a lot of people don't know that this is how why we feel the way we feel about certain people like they pr team might not be as strong and a, a bad story get out there and they pr team not on it and they can't clean it up or they pr team is on it and then we never hear about it again so this is all relative to the person we talking to today who we got in the house with us today we actually got dean garcia who is art diller dean on uh instagram that's art period diller period dean period and he runs humble fly which is a, a consultation company and I, they do pr too what's going on dean hey what up though yeah that was uh that was bad stuff <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, He's been on the road all day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dean, uh, Dean is uh, 420 friendly, you know what I'm saying? You know, he off that medical, you know what I'm saying? Ain't nothing wrong with that, though. I just didn't get high yet today, you feel right, me? Right, right, right. So if anybody been listening to the show for uh, as long as we've been on, Dean is a real friend of the show. We actually met Dean because he was trying to book some other people on the show. And for whatever reason, I just told him, like, yo, if they don't come, that's cool. That I, We know how the game go. We know that if we talking to Dean on behalf of somebody else, that person might not even know what's right, actually going right. on. So we didn't take that personal one. We did some great things together already. So what's going on with you, Dean? Nothing much, man. You know, just a new week. Yeah, yeah, getting day. ready for the week. Yeah. yeah, man. So let's get into your story. Um, why did you choose to be behind the scenes? Uh, being an artist was too much work, man. Just like, I, and I and I say that from a from a from a professional standpoint, right? But also yeah. from a prefer, uh, from a professional. I'm sorry, a personal perspective. Yeah. And so, I feel like I have the talent to be an artist, but not necessarily the discipline. Why not the discipline, though? Because, like, you deal with a lot of artists, so you kind of know what the discipline take. Because I'm pretty sure you groom them, like, hey, you got to be on time and all of this. And these are also attributes that you have. Like, anytime you're supposed to meet us here, you hear 
early like you know what i'm saying so those are the same qualities that are a good artist will have so why did you think it took too much discipline um took too much discipline because i actually like doing other things that you just said yeah like i I'm more comfortable telling other people what to do. Yeah. And so me and Name Tag, shout out to him, we're just having a conversation about uh, how a lot of people who can't do teach. And so like sometimes, you know, you have to accept that maybe you don't have what it takes as far as the determination. Yeah. So I was just one of those people who always had a passion for the business as well as for the stage. But it just so happened that the business actually ended up edging out. So, so you used to rap or something? No, I used to be like a singer songwriter, you know, oh, okay, into like okay. vocals and shit like that. So. Oh, okay. So you still can write songs, though, right? I mean, yeah, I still do. You can <laughs> slide them shits to Keely, like, here, I got your dick set right here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But you know what, though? People don't respect the talent, and that's been proven, like, for every time, every, no matter when it's talent, like, okay, so you take a person like LeBron James, you know what I'm saying? Like, he got a basketball in his hand, and that's cool. But once you find out all the stuff you do behind the scenes, people start to love that more. It's like people just do not respect the talent. If you walk in the room with your artist and don't say that he the artist and then like they starting to like him and then once you be like, that's the artist right there. Then they be like, it's like, oh, really? Like, you know, what I'm saying like I noticed that a lot with everything that people do. They just don't respect the talent because I think it's because people don't see it as an actual real job. No matter once you find out like how how much hard work going to it, how much dedication somebody who work in a job and get a paycheck, look at an artist like that's just for fun. And that's crazy to me because artists work way harder than People with regular job, I mean, uh, traditional jobs. I wouldn't even call it regular because being an artist is a job. So when did you discover that you was a songwriter, singer, like type? I mean, I was one of those like church kids. I grew up like in the choir. Yeah. Church every Sunday. Yeah. Choir rehearsal once a week, that type of thing. Yeah. And so just really early on, like like five. So what what you, you was an alto? <laughs> I know a little so like sort of yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alto, you know we was saying? in the choir I met some real like, G's in the choir but that's why yeah. I know you know what I'm saying we wasn't sopranos we wasn't tenors we was altos uh, some people not even sopranos they be falsettos that's what yeah. uh, dream my dream a falsetto that's why he worked because people were so used to a certain sound and when he came out and embraced that falsetto it just went crazy because like again people thought it was new but this is yeah. that's all choir talk well, though well, well, you know like not even that it was new right but dream was just one of those guys who uh who showed you how to use the tool a different way yeah and yeah. so that was like really what made him stand out and yeah. so like one of, especially like in the black community right like yeah. we want everybody to have like that churchy singing voice yeah, yeah i just read a story on motown and that's how they hit the real lick because all the all the singers was church singers in real life and yeah. they just put them on popular beats to yeah. to create pop records. Yeah, I just read that. Yeah, so you I, remember the first song you wrote? Uh sorta. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't you ain't write it down, you'll still get I it. I mean no I don't I mean I, I definitely don't still have it. I moved around a lot and yeah. so it's a lot of stuff that, you know, that's just kinda like, you know, it lives on in my memory. Yeah, but, so you say you moved around a lot. This was all in the city of Detroit. Uh, yeah, I'm in the city of Detroit for the most part. I spent about a year and a half in Saginaw. Yeah. What you like, was doing up in Sag Nasty, huh? <laughs> <laughs> What you, what you oh, was man. doing up there? It's a long story. My mom had met a guy. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, we was up there for a minute. Up there for and a then, minute. yeah, we left like in a in a rush. <laughs> family life. Let's talk about family life. Are you the only child? Nah, man. I'm, not, I'm the only boy, though. I got seven sisters. Are mm-hmm. you the youngest? I'm actually right in the middle. Oh, yeah. that's tough. Yeah, that's tough, man. Seven <laughs> sisters, man. God damn. It is. Well, shout out to them, though. <laughs> them, my niggas. <laughs> you grew up Afro-Latina, right? Because you told us about what that term actually meant on a previous show. So when you say you was going to, what, what part of, what, what half of you, or is it all, uh, like, what, well, what's the Afro, what's the Latina? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, on my paternal side, my dad's side, yeah. uh, his grandfather, my great-grandfather, was from, uh, Port Vera Cruz, Mexico. Okay. And so somehow he moved to Kansas and ended up getting deported back to Mexico. <laughs> and so like my cousin tells me that it has something to do with the railroads, right? And so like right. at the time that they they were offering people like in bordering countries uh job the american yeah, job. way yeah, yeah come exactly. build the country then we yeah, don't really, yeah, yeah exactly right <laughs> the american way. Yeah. and so uh so like when you know my great grandfather is somebody who got caught up in that but my grandfather uh, met a woman named Jane Titwell in Kansas somewhere. She was like a socialite, and he was like, you know, little scrub kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so they moved uh, from Kansas to like Chicago to New York, and then they like settled on the southwest side of Detroit. 
That is crazy. Like I, I always <laughs> love to hear like how people get to where they from. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, our great great grandfather, he's from Ethiopia. He came and just went to Philadelphia, like and picked the last name, and too. picked the last name, and went to <laughs> Philadelphia. So that's how my grandfather and them got to Philadelphia. And I'm like, I wonder why Philadelphia. And he was a doctor, so maybe back then it was prevalent. Maybe they needed black doctors or something like, or maybe somebody else was already there that he knew. You just yeah, never know. You just yeah. never know because, like how you just said, the Southwest side, like a lot of Mexicans and Latinas end up on the Southwest side of Detroit, Michigan. For those who don't know, that's like where the Mexicans live in Detroit. If you meet a Mexican and he ain't from Southwest, you kind of like, yeah, right. You feel what I'm saying? So yeah. I wonder why is that the Southwest side of Detroit, like for the Mexican population, like Dearborn is for Arabs and stuff. That stuff always like boggles my mind. Like the first one who settled there just was like, all right, I'm gonna just tell everybody this this cool right here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's dope. So like uh growing up, like did you embrace your uh Latino roots or was this something you no, found out just, later? It was just always something that we joked about because obviously, you know, I'm like black as fuck, right? Yeah. But I have a super Spanish name. So like my first name means man of the angels and then Garcia means Whatever that means, right? <laughs> it means Jackson in Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. It's, yeah. it's like it's, a, it's basically it's a popular yeah. ass last name. Right. But um, that was just like something I like to like joke about. But I had cousins, fortunately, who were a little more in tune with like uh, with being proud of that energy. Yeah. And so I just kind of, you know, I was more so like impressed by the meaning of the name overall, more so than it being right, you Spanish know, or whatever. yeah. Because like, uh, and so like, actually, one of my cousins who studies it, he was telling me that basically how we broke it down was just means that one ship landed one place and another ship landed somewhere else because it's still African descent, right? And so we ended up in these places, you know, by way of the African slave trade, right? So. Right, because what people also don't understand or maybe not know is that Brazil actually has the largest African population outside of Africa. Like they populate, and that's where Afro Latinas like really come from too, because it's like it's so many African descendant people from in Brazil that is nuts. You know what I'm saying? But people just think. Mm -hmm. I mean, you see, all the customs are like really the same. Like African customs are really like the same as a. Latina customs and all that is just the separation came when the, when the powers that be said y'all don't fuck with each other. You know what I'm saying? Well, no, and so a lot of it came from it just continuing on. It's like right. the people brought the, the religion and the culture with them because you know, as we know, it's not really about like where you at. It's about what's in you. Right? Yeah, 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 so, yeah. Speaking of what's in us, we uh, uh, recently found out that I got uh, one of my uncles uh, was actually like a. Uh, uh, a Black Panther in Detroit around them times and he was like really active and like to hear that it did something to me because like it all makes sense like we like was really active in like pro-blackism and all of that growing up as kids and when I look back I'm like where did we learn that at like where would we get that from but the shit be in you it ain't on you I could wear as many Malcolm X shirts as I exactly. want and that shit if it ain't in you, it ain't in you. So when we heard that, with my, well, did you know that already? Or you was finding out when no, I was, I was finding out? out too. Yeah, and that, that that was a big deal for me. Like I walked away proud. Like after I heard that, like okay, so uncles with the shit, it it makes sense, and it also makes sense. They probably been watching us our whole fucking lives because you know, yeah, you know, basically because basically he was banned from America. He, he was he, banned he from America. Israel. You know what I'm saying? That once he moved. Anytime they would try to come back in the country, you know what I'm saying? They own them from at the airport or, you know, beforehand, because if I book a ticket from Israel, they're already wondering what you're coming over here for. You know what I'm and saying? he had changed his name. He changed his name. The last time he was in America was in uh, 1996. My grandfather passed, and they was a year or two years apart. That's his best friend. And he came back. He said he had a chance. He came back, but he, he came and he got out of there smooth. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's dope. So... Growing up with seven sisters, you being a middle child, like how, how was that? Like, I, I don't hear that too much. Yeah, yeah, like it's usually like it's five of us, three boys, two girls. Like, how you adapt to that? Because since you in the middle, you probably got into some fights having to defend your little sisters, but then your older sisters might have defended you because you the first boy and leave my little brother alone type of thing. I mean, they. I got into fights. Period. <laughs> I got into a fight for whatever reason. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, but it was because you know I had a chip on my shoulder because you know people try you. They don't yeah. see you. They see you like flying solo. Yeah. So, like ain't nobody worried about your sisters. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> like what you go go get your sister? Yeah. Baby? Right. So like I was just always extra defensive. Period. And yeah. So I probably got more fights than I should have. Yeah. Now you said you moved around a lot. Where did you do your high school years? All right. So I went to a refer high school, class okay. of 05. Okay. Man, you, this nigga a baby, man. What? 
<laughs> oh, fuck. Yo, that was, that, was like, that was like 15 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> now, what was the last class at Redford? Because they tore Redford down, too. So what was the last class? 2007. And they ain't tear it down. They used it for the, for the neighborhood. It's, yeah. it's oh, a, okay. It's a Myers now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they just switched it over. You know what I'm saying? They do crazy shit to people in high school. It's like, we ain't go to Inkster High, but they tore Inkster High School down. That was the fastest I ever seen a high school junior high get torn down because they tore the Blanchette. We went to Blanchette. They tore Blanchette down. Then they tore Inkster High down. Usually that stuff being limbo. And then Inkster High was the, really shouldn't have even been torn down because historically that's one of the first integrated high schools in Michigan. Yeah. So they were supposed to have that history stamp. They tore that shit down. You know what I'm they saying? They'll build some condos over there in, in the, the coming next couple years. years. Yeah, yeah, that's what it because it's yeah. just a big See, what, what, But you know what, though? Because, what? Uh, you know, I was selling real estate a couple of years ago. Yeah. And I had the, you know, the fortune of meeting, you know, some investors in, uh, in, Inkster. Yeah. And one of the city officials is a is a Nigerian guy who's uh bringing Nigerian money into the city. Yeah, he bought so, like mad buildings, any building painted with a green with green on it. Mm. He owned. Like, you know, they they abandoned, but then you know they uh boarded up and they like uh what the Cosmos, which was the skating rink, which was where RBL Posse was when they didn't let us in. Is painted, you got know, the green paint. One, I think Harris One performed at the Cosmos and shit too he before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, I know what you're talking about. I don't know that person, but I know what you're talking about. And you got to remember too. At one point, Inkster missed out on a Walmart that ended up being in Livonia, right? And it was supposed to be in that in that space. It was supposed to be over. They wanted that space over there. So when they missed out on that, they probably thought like, we won't miss these opportunities again. But look though, do you really want a Walmart though? Really well that's why they missed out on it. Like the mayor at that time wanted it so bad, but everybody else was like, you know what's that go bring to the city? Yeah, yeah that, you know that Walmart saying? come through and just shut shit down. Anything, yeah, yeah whatever. <laughs> just like the but like the way though so like purportedly the way that they treat their workers, especially around the holidays and yeah. like their unwillingness to give them benefits or a fair wage and shit. Like they come into these communities or these places where that, people need the work. You so know, they go, yeah. Maybe need the work, but like but so like yeah, you like you supplying a need but are you really meeting the need if it's like still gapped I don't know, man, because I like, okay, I'm a corporation. I don't care about holidays. Like, people got to understand that, too. Like, so, But not just holidays, because it's about value, right? And so it would be the same thing if we were in a culture where, like, Islam was prevalent or Hindu religion, right? Those, those things are usually celebrated, you know, according to the culture. And, like, whether you celebrate it or not, you recognize you, you, you that. Should, uh, that yeah, the well, everybody don't got to. Right? That's what I don't, I don't feel like everybody got to recognize your culture. Just be, yeah, okay, so if I live in Dearborn, right? I don't gotta care nothing about your culture. I'm not here. I'm not in Dearborn for that culture. I'm here for whatever reason I want to be. So if I go to the shop, I think it should be English in the shop as well as whatever you do. I'm not saying don't do that, but like if I come in the shop and it's all Spanish or it's all Arabic, you know what I'm saying? Well, I'm like, not talking about that. I'm oh. talking about like so. It's more so about the wage on top of like the the not really reverencing the culture and not being able to give people benefits like on any level. Like it's completely lacking. Yeah, but I'm a business. I don't care nothing. Well, about so, so yeah, so it's not so it's not the business job yeah. to care, but it's the people's job to hold it accountable. And so what I wonder is, was Inkster already hip to that? Right. I mean, they could have been because they shut that down immediately, immediately. Yeah. and the mayor was like at that time was like upset. But you know. When it comes to politics, some things people just want for their legacy. So that might have been what his legacy project was. Like he could drive past in forty years and say to his great grandkids, "Yeah, that Walmart there because of me." You know what I'm saying? So anytime it's politics, I look at what type of legacy people try to leave and yeah, stuff all of like that, that. Go into it for sure. Yeah, all of that. So uh, you wrote songs. You moved around. So I know you know a lot of people because like that's one of the better things when you adult about moving around. You'd be like, oh, wait a minute. That nigga popping in second. I'm like, that was my man. Like, and then you get reacquainted. So how did you get into the actual business of entertainment? Uh, so when Selfish dropped back in 2004. Let them know what uh, Selfish is. Selfish is the single by Slum Village that was produced by Kanye, featured John Legend. It was the first single off of Detroit Daily, which yeah. dropped June 2004. Okay. Uh, oh, so you were still in high school? Yeah. Okay. So this was uh, junior year going into my uh, senior year. I was like, yeah, I really, I was really getting serious about uh, <laughs> about getting into the industry. Yeah. And so I was doing a couple of things. I was like, I was writing poetry, and so I was looking for open mics to go to. And I really wanted to intern at a label and like see if that would be my way in, because that was like the Kanye thing to do at the time. He was popping, like registration had just dropped that year. Yeah. And so uh, 
uh, well, I went on a message board. I was all like trying to email them, email them and shit. And I ended up getting the internship at Barack Records. Yeah. And so I did that for uh, for two years, from like 2004 to 2006. Okay. So when you was working there, like after you graduated, did you think like, oh, now I can get hired and work here full time, or like, or did you just always know I'm a uh, appreciate this and accept this for what it is, and then see where my real path would be? Well, it actually ended up turning into a paid internship, okay. but uh, at the time while I was still in school, I was really just focused on making it a part of my life. And so the way that I integrated it was joining co-op. Yeah, right. Yep, right. I did co-op in DECA, and <laughs> the rest of it was history. So it was like an easy A. Yeah, right. and you doing what you, yeah, you got yeah. to do what you love. So. Yeah. So like, what's some things that you remember working on at Barack uh, that really stood out? Because uh, so that, that label was popping for it was a popping. long time. And then I know they had an international uh, presence too, right? Yeah, in a way. Yeah. Like, so, yeah. Uh, what's what's dude's name? Black Milk. Black Milk. Yeah. So, uh, so Black Milk was there as a part of BR Gunner, yeah. which yeah. was the production duo that had ended up uh, producing the majority of Slim Village's work after Dilla had left. Okay. And so by the time I got there... It was just Elzai and T3. Yeah. And so I remember that being like a really dope project, uh, Detroit Deli, because it was their first project with a major label. Yeah. Uh, they were being distributed with Capital, yeah. even though they were Barack signees. And so this is all stuff that I was excited to learn about because I was reading like everything you need to know about the music business at the time. So or just, volume. Uh, edition 3. Yeah. So like circa 2003, that was the one I, that was yeah. the one I bought. Yeah. And uh, so... I remember Detroit Deli being dope. Uh, they got like a Mountain Dew placement off of it or something. Or we were we were like campaigning for a Mountain Dew uh, placement. Yeah, but it ended up being like a Chevy placement for uh, for a song. <laughs> that oh was like yeah, on but that, that commercial uh, yeah. they had they song was in the Chevy commercial, right? Yeah, but that yeah. was that was on a later album, and so yeah. I remember that one. Deli was in now. that commercial. You know, that's how I remember it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember, oh, I remember right. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so that was uh, that was towards the end while I was there when they did the Ease Up commercial because that was uh, strictly Br Gunna. Only T3 and Elzai, and it was uh, just uh, Barack Records release. Oh, okay. So, uh, but other than that, uh, the main thing that stands out right was they did this thing called Super Tuesday. Yeah. And so it was like this super uh, underground triple release, right? So it was, <laughs> it was Athletic Mike League, uh, Jungle Jim Jungle. It was Fat Cat, the Undeniable LP, yeah. and it was BR Gunner, Dirty District 2. Yeah. So, like, that was Yeah, because music used to come out on Tuesdays. That's why I was a Super That's Tuesday. That's why it was yeah. Super Tuesday, because yeah. music dropped on Tuesday. Yeah, so. the good old days. The I good mean. old days, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, after leaving Barack Records, what was your next, what, what was next for you after you left there? Oh, I was really trying to walk the line between being an artist or, like, trying to work with other artists to, like, help them put their shit out. So, uh, I just, you know, ended up being grown, had to... Get a regular job, but yeah. I still wanted to freelance, so to speak. Yeah, stay in the mix. Yeah, stay in the mix. And so I was really doing really well as a performance poet. And so I was at all the open mics probably about three or four times a week. Yeah. And, you know, that led to me managing a couple of, like, projects for poets because, like, releasing the poetry CD was the thing to do at the time. <laughs> <laughs> is, that a, is that not a thing now? Uh, I, I don't think it's as much as a thing as Back it used then. to be. Yeah. But yeah. Like, they were, like, doing, it was like you would do a chapbook or, like, a, a poetry mixtape. Yeah. And so I would help them set up their releases for stuff like that. And that's how I got into, like, writing biographies and stuff. Yeah. The guy who writes biographies <laughs> who does not have a bio. Well, you know, it's really hard. It's really hard to write about. Right, your I know, own. I know. Yeah. See, because we 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 do bios and shit for people sometimes, and then when it be time to write shit about us, it's like, do we you want to send this yeah, off? Yeah, yeah. you don't want to put too much, or you don't want to put less because you want the door open. Like the a, a bio for an interview, a Q and A interview is different from a, a a one sheet, which is just really a bio for a project. And people don't they don't they they just mix the two in sometimes. Right. Like if we doing a Q and A. Then I want I got a certain bio to send you because I want you to know certain things about us. But if it's based strictly around this project, then that's a one sheet. A lot of I, do people still do one sheets? That's well, I do one sheets, and so like that's what people hire me for is that if they uh, trying to you know get traction for a single. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'll hook them up with a one sheet. I'll I'll write a bio that's specific for the one sheet, like you're saying. Yeah. Uh, write a, I'll write a long form one if that's what they need. Yeah. But like so, that's a, all a part of building your brand assets. And yeah. So, 
Who was your first paid client? The first person that paid you when you was like, mm. okay, I just made a couple dollars doing this. <laughs> uh, my first paid client was a guy named Bernard Bentley who runs a clothing line called Love Life Swagger. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's dope. But how long y'all been working together? Because you still do work with them, right? I do still work with him. Yeah. So, uh, since about 2010, 2011, yeah. somewhere in there. Yeah. They was they got a day on store right down in uh, yep. the Eastern Market nope. District. Nope. It's, uh, it's on Gratiot and Broadway. Oh, okay. Downtown so, for real. Yeah. So it's like the theater district. Yeah. That's crazy. People don't even know that these type of districts exist in Detroit. They think theater district, diamond district, that's all New York <laughs> and LA talk. And it's like, no, like, you know no where like all the theaters at? That's, that's the theater that's just, district. <laughs> that's how you normally plot out a city. And so it's always weird to see where it's, or it was funny because I wasn't always hip to it. I'd be like, what the, you know, what the fuck is a Woodbridge? I grew up in Woodbridge. Yeah. And, <laughs> and we call it the hall. Yeah. So <laughs> like that area right there on Warren and Trumbull. Yeah. And so, or yeah, like, but, what, but when they about to come by it, they like, we want the wood bridge. They run. Yeah, but like that's what it's been plotted as <laughs> yeah. for forever. Yeah. And so it's just a, a, the idea that, you know, we could be edu- more educated around civics sometime. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay, so when did you realize, like, you've been working with the artists while you were still doing your poetry and stuff? And when did you realize, like, I'm actually a better asset to other artists and other poets because the way you set up releases and stuff and that stuff that you learned at Barack is just what you took to other artists like oh I could set up because you well back then the rollout used to take what they started like 90 rolling days. out it yeah, was a, 90 yeah it was days. a 90 day rollout yeah. Yeah. it used to take like a year I mean, yeah. so like, so I plan, I plan 90 day rollouts as far as, cause you know, everybody sequence, they basically, the start of their campaign with their releases now, it's not really a whole bunch of prep work. Yeah. And it's so, like release first, then roll it out. Yeah. It's like everything happens simultaneously. Right. Yeah. And so that's something that, that, that I help artists navigate because it's something that, that, that's new. Yeah. And so like, that's one of the new things that people don't really, they like, every, like, Really helping people find a balance between their resources and, and you yeah. know, like, you know, executing the idea in a timely fashion. Yeah, because people's ideas never match their resources. Is is you never a lot know. of the time, yeah, yeah for, most of the time, eighty yeah, percent of the time, <laughs> people come to you and they want like this massive rollout or whatever, and it's like, okay, that costs. But I don't think people understand that everybody pays for everything. So like when you look at somebody performing, like I hear a lot of people like I never pay to be on a show, but when you perform at the Grammys, that come out of your budget. So you're paying, <laughs> you know? Well, yeah, you know and so that's the thing, right? Because we were just having this conversation about how uh, people don't really have respect for a pay-to-play showcase yeah. in Detroit. But they'll spend all this money to go by, go to South by Southwest. And, and it's that's so pay-to-play. Like, and, it's, and it's pay-to-play. And so it's like it's on some level you understand the concept of a trade show. Yeah. That you're going, that you're going somewhere to exhibit your product or your experience and that this is going to ultimately result in revenue, but you might not make no money on it now. Yeah, and because you never know who there and stuff like that. And I think people get the misconception of uh, if, I, if I'm if i paying to be on the show, that means they didn't want me there. And it's like no, most showcases cost usually just to cover the, the venue and the promotion. That's usually it. Like you really just paying to make sure we got a venue, we promoted it properly, and if you really got a lot fans of like you think it, you yeah. got, we got tickets for you to for make sale. your money back. You <laughs> yeah, know what yeah. I'm saying? So it, that that's a hard thing to explain to an artist too, because the artist's ego is like something ridiculous. Like especially the artist who has no fans, their ego, because I don't <laughs> think they get it yet. I mean, and you, well, not even fans, supporters. <clears throat> but this is how you get people to support you. They see you out. Yeah, they see you out and then yeah, understand that you uh you've been working. So let me continue to support this person. Very rarely do somebody fuck with you from the first time they see you or the first time they hear you. But it, like you said, you was out three to four times a week. Now you seeing these same people so about the next month. Yeah, I done seen you twelve times in a month. Now I'm like, okay, I'm fucking with Dean. What was your uh, what was your poetry? <laughs> My name was Sayla David. Churchy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm fucking listening like I knew that was. <laughs> Where did you get that name from? Oh man, I was uh. I was like a super duper Christian, bro. Yeah, I was saved in the mud. <laughs> How did you shake up out of that? Uh, <laughs> man, it just wasn't working. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, and not that, uh, not that like people are a part of it, like to work. Yeah, you bro. know what I mean. Like you trying to get something out of it, but anything that you're a part of is supposed to add to your life. And I wasn't really recognizing the where, ad, yeah. yeah. I, I I feel the same way about Islam, though. Like we was, I, I was. Like I used to go to the masjid every Friday. But what I like about I, okay, so the masjid that I was going to, it was right around the corner 
from my favorite cousin house and like he ended up passing away in 2015 but for like years straight i would go to the masjid on friday then i would go out to eat with my cousin or i stopped by so i was thinking maybe that's what that was for mm-hmm. at that time, time in my life yeah. you know what i'm saying because I, I didn't see it what it was adding, but I see, I'm not saying it was Islam was taken away from my life, but mm-hmm. if you feel like you're on the right track, you're doing everything, you're following the rules, whatever mm-hmm. the rules of the religion may be, and you like, uh, I don't know. So, you know what I'm saying? So when did you discover, like, like when did maybe, you still go to church? I don't still go to church anymore. And so I've, I just recently had, like, the revelation that I'm still a Christian and uh, is for a lot. Were of you practice. drinking and smoking when you discovered that? I mean, no. I mean, a lot of the time, that's how it go. Like, <laughs> yeah. you're like, oh shit, I think I'm a. Christian. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we, like, yo, dog, I, I think I'm back at it. Like, <laughs> no. So this is what happened, right? I asked a friend, like, why don't the spring and the new year line up with each other? Right. And it had really blew my mind, and it got me to thinking about culture and how things, how culture is just like the the reflection of the dominant majority, right? Right. And so, like, that's a whole other conversation about how white people are not really the majority, but they have the majority of the currency, and currency represents people. Right. But, yeah, yeah. Right, but we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> we can. <Okay. laughs> I'm saying we can. like Because people don't realize that, uh-huh. right? They have no clue, right? And they just feed into, like, these narratives that's put out there, and that's really put out there so you don't you don't line it up. Like, wait, wait a minute. Y'all really just get the bread. The bread. Yeah, like, you feel <laughs> what I'm saying? Now that, and you can't dispute that. Like, it's no, you can't dispute that. You feel what I'm saying? Y'all really just got the bread. So whoever got the money. Make the rules. Make the rules. You make know what I'm rules. saying? Hey, Christmas is going to be this time and New Year's will follow the next week on the same day. Yeah, that's right. And, and it's like, no, the new year is when new life and spring and everything. Like, it's coyotes around my neighborhood and they really out because they just in heat. You know what I'm saying? Because it's springtime. You know what I'm saying? So stay in the house, people. <laughs> Don't let your little dogs out. If your dog can't fend for itself, or shit, if you got a pit bull, it can't fend for itself against a pack of coyotes. So just leave your animals in the house. Because them bitches will eat you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, And that's real shit. It's yeah. coyotes out there. I'll show you a picture when we do <laughs> <laughs> Got me double looking Going to the door and shit Coming in at night And I live in like A slightly wooded area too yeah. You know what I'm saying <laughs> Yeah Yeah so like uh, When you discovered that Like did you feel like Stuff just wasn't lining up How you were taught Or yeah. like Well a lot of it was that Like I'm just, and So like I recognize That Christianity works For a lot of people In the way that it's Presented to them But I just wasn't One of those people And so I understand salvation To mean that I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose from my sins and intercedes between me and God. And so, yeah, I do believe that. That's fundamental to, you know, the way that I was raised. And so I don't really see myself separating from that fundamental belief in that way. Is it because that's how you were raised? Like, so do you think when you say that's how I was raised, do you think that was drilled into your head so much that now as an adult, you say that's how I was raised, even though you could recognize like major inconsistencies in that? Or well, I, I'm assuming well, that you recognize inconsistencies. Well, yeah. In that. So I recognize inconsistencies in the way that people or the church how is it how it's established teaches you to apply it to your life. And so if I have a under if I apply it the way that I understand it, then it usually works out for me. But if I apply it because a preacher said so, or because this is how I seen the deacon do it, or because this is what we send in the men's group, then nine times out of ten, it's not going to work out for me. And so I'm not saying that it's wrong or that it ain't real. I'm just saying that it don't work. Right. It for ain't, me, it ain't just that way it was presented. Yeah, but but as far as Christianity, if 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 I'm a Christian and I have this revelation that it doesn't work for me, then I have the responsibility to critique the system that I'm a part of. Right, right. And so and like that's, that's a big no no. <laughs> you know what I'm you, saying? No. Yeah, but you gotta do it, right? Because right? like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you a kid and you ask like, well, wait a minute, eh, I know a virgin to mean this, mm-hmm. but but technically you telling me I'll even buy that part, you know what yeah. I'm <laughs> I won't buy that though because the, the even though we why. use the same words, the meanings was different. Back then a virgin meant just somebody who wasn't married. You feel what I'm saying? Somebody who didn't have a husband would be considered a virgin. Now you're just considered single. So the the verbiage, I think the 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 verbiage and the language barrier, like we reading the King James version of the Bible, and I'm saying we because that's the widely sold yeah. version of the Bible, no, which was written by Shakespeare, but he couldn't put his name on it, so he put little things in there to let you know at the time that he was the author of it. So people don't understand, like when it comes to religion, kings, queens, the king could commission you to do whatever he wanted, and since you wanted to be in the good graces with the king, you would do it. Absolutely. I don't even think that they realize like this the might effect, live on yeah, forever. Because the next <laughs> king could have came, wiped that Bible out, and commissioned his own. And we might have had a king 
Solomon version. So, I mean, I think religion, organized religion is the, the biggest form of control. And if you put the organized religion and then you put the currency and stuff like that, you got the ultimate control. And at the end of the day, that's what uh, these countries, England, uh, well, Europe and America, that's what they want to do. This, they want to control. People don't realize America to them only exists because they didn't want to follow the religious practices. So the poor and sick and people who didn't want to get on a boat. This is what they teach us. Get on yeah. the boat, came over here, and that's why it was a revolutionary war because we don't want to be under the rule of England no more. Mm-hmm. And you could come here and you could settle here and you could be from whatever country and everybody could come and make create a the narrative of the American dream. And that's how the American dream. And then now we got the narrative of stop letting immigrants in. No, everybody who came yeah, here. Like you guys literally <laughs> immigrated. <laughs> immigrated. Like, what are you talking about? And I think because people don't understand what the word immigrant means well, yeah. you know what i'm saying when they think when you say immigrant the first thing that pop into your they hear is mexicans and it's like yeah. no everybody who's not from america born on american soil immigrates yeah. to america because like that's what they teach you in, in school like when you're doing u.s history or when you're doing your social studies in elementary and shit right yeah but we use we real we real comfortable and we relax like y'all was talking about the dictionary earlier right and we uh we were comfortable with just saying that something that's similar to something is something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like, if you associate black skin with, with, with like, quote-unquote nigga shit, you accept the social definition, but you get, you like, you skip out on it just, like, really meaning black, but also meaning things to other, like, different things yeah. to different cultures, right? Right. And so the same thing with immigrants. Like, you, you think, like, oh, or alien. It's like, oh, yeah. this is, like, some, this is some weak <laughs> shit. Yeah. They're trying to take something from me. They're they're moving in and crowding in, and it's yeah. really nice. It's, it's no, it's moving from one space to the next literally right and people don't know that because they just it's the way they grew up so if you going home every night and your dad work uh your dad work on the railroad and he talking about the immigrants trying to take the jobs on the railroad then you do the research and be like immigrants built the railroad so you took their job you know like <laughs> you know what i'm saying like it's just i think people really need to start Comprehending what Comprehending But more importantly Seek the knowledge For they self Right That's what college Was initially for too Right You go out You seek the knowledge That you want to seek And then You you come home A different person You say well I'm not going to live In this small town Because they don't Add up to my ideology You know what I'm saying And then the people Who care about that Ideology Used to stay In the small town And then That's why you got people From the middle of Arkansas Going to New York They identify with the city life more, but I just grew up here. I didn't have a choice to grow up in the middle of Arkansas. But when I went to college, I discovered I don't like the small town. I like it fast in the big city hustle. Let me move to a big city. Right, right. And it's cool to have that option, but y'all notice how they're basically acknowledging that education is a privilege now. And like, <laughs> that's crazy. Like, that's crazy. But I'm like, going to homeschool my daughter anyway, though, because I, I see it like this, right? So we already know everything they taught us was a lie. Except for math. Except for math. Math is the only thing that you you, you can't get around it. Basic math, too. One Mm -hmm. plus one is always going to be two everywhere around the world. Mm -hmm. So now it's like a generation of parents that know that you were lied to while you were in school and you want your kids to go learn that, which ultimately means like that's bad parenting to me because you know none of this shit don't work. You know college is a scam. You know all of this. And why wouldn't you why would you send your kids there? Oh, because I need a babysitter during the day because my kids make me that sick. Like I'm so sick of my kids that I would send them to an institution that lies to them. Well, not even just that, right? It's that you 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 paying for it anyway. And so you expect it as a participant of the culture and somebody who pays taxes. To, uh, to, you know, to advocate like with your tax dollars or doing uh, again because we, we make currency representative of the people and that's how you decide the majority, right? Right. So if we all agree on that. And so like that's the whole reason that the public school system exists the way that it does. And that's why there's such a fundamental difference between a public school in Southfield and a public school in Detroit. Right. And then it's a place like Inkster with no public schools. <laughs> like you know? literally, there's no public schools there. Like if you if you live in Angster, you either go to Romulus, Westland, Wayne, or in Taylor or Robichaud. Like you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's a city that's established that people pay taxes in, and there's no public schools. And at one point, that was perfect for pedophiles because they can't live around schools. So mm-hmm. I know a city that we could go to, and you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like who are you? What are you catering to when you just destroy a public school yeah, you, system? You're not putting the taxpayers' interest at, at, at it's, heart. It's treason, yeah. ain't, ain't that yeah. what they call that? Yeah. Like, so, 
this episode might get uh, like, <laughs> this might raise some eyebrows, yeah. <laughs> but but it should raise some eyebrows because like what you said about uh, homeschooling. So like I I asked my daughter teacher like do do y'all. Uh, are y'all go celebrate Columbus Day? She mm-hmm. like, well, she like, no, I don't like. Come on, like, I'm a teacher, I don't push that narrative. But in that same school, some teachers do, mm-hmm. and it's like, why would you celebrate that? Because you're not acknowledging. First of all, you tell us whoever discovered the land at that time, that's who they named it after. But this is America, so mm-hmm. that's already telling us you lying to us. If you're saying that Columbus discovered America, but we not calling it Columbus, we calling it America. So who discovered it? That's one. Then you're not telling them why he was even on the quest. What type of person was he? He was actually on his last leg. They didn't even want to give him the money, and that's why you have something called the West Indies because this fool thought he was in India. So that mm-hmm. show you that the navigation was off, and they also don't teach you the people on the boats. You know why the navigation was off? Because the person next to him, who was actually a black and a mason, was so upset with him and he getting all the credit for what he did do good since you going to india we go i'm gonna show you how you don't even know how to navigate a boat you're you're the captain of the boat don't even know navigation so it's like how can you say you celebrating that and it's and everything you telling them while you celebrating it is a lie you know what i'm saying like what's what's the actual legacy yeah like that's what i'm saying legacy like he nah whoever in the Columbus family, if they still exist, they can always say, oh, my, whatever, discovered that. But it's like, you, no, I can't come not. to your house and see you living here and walk in like, yo, I just discovered this house. If You, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> How are you discovering a land that like is a functioning society already? You didn't get here and it was people hiding in the woods not knowing what's going on. You pulled up to the boat, Doc jumped off and they welcomed you with open arms. And then y'all, the white man way. Kill people with. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's the white man way. Like that's just what it boiled down to. Like historically, systematically, like that's the white man's way. Like we befriend you, we murder you, and then turn y'all against each other. Whatever y'all are, like yeah. you know what I'm saying. That's the white man way. So speaking of legacy, you are actually a part of Beaver the Diva's legacy because you. Uh, how did you meet her? Uh, Beaver's is actually the one who hired me at Barack Records. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So you was getting her coffee and shit. Uh, no. So uh, I was actually like picking up her daughter from school and like, like getting Wendy's and shit, yeah. all, just all kind of stuff. But she actually ended up leaving the company like shortly after, shortly after I came on. And, but that was just always somebody, you know, we always had love for each other. And so we had a lot of fun working together when we did. Was it a lot of pressure on you when she left? Like, did she teach you so much that when she left, they looked at you like, well, you studied under Beaver, so... You know, Barack was one of those places where it was just like it was really easy to to work with them because it was such a family oriented thing. You know, Didi and Ray. I mean, not not, not Ray. <laughs> Didi and RJ uh, are a married couple, and so they were in a group together, and then that's how they got the studio and the label. Also, just family. Also, yeah. that's a real family business. Yeah, like yeah. so, like you know, a young RJ is, they, is is their son, yeah. and you know, he's he's an artist and he's on right now. And uh, he's actually uh, a member of Slim Village at, at the moment. Like he tours with T three. Oh yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Because so because he DJ too or something, right? Yeah, he does a little bit of everything. Yeah. So yeah. B. So he was the the other member of Br Gunner was him, uh, Black Milk and Fat Ray. Yeah. yeah. When's the day that you like discover like I'm really good at being behind the scenes? Like like I'm the guy. Like like not being humble. Like yo, mm-hmm. I'm fucking good at this shit. Man. Honestly, you want to know? You want to know the truth? Yeah, well, that's, <laughs> we only want to know the truth. Like, uh, like, hey, time stamp that. Like, that's when he started telling the truth. Go ahead. Every every now and then it hits me, but like the thing that immediately comes to mind right now is a uh, booking J Prince for the Connected Experience last year. That yeah. was dope, and that actually. So you like we hollered at him, and you hollered at him, and. It was because two people told him yeah, about this. Like, but like, even, like even the idea of like teamwork being yeah. like a realistic thing, and that like having a, a reference point for that, and like because teamwork isn't something that people you know do. that we necessarily known <laughs> for. Yeah, yeah, people don't do that, but what they do. But one person always wants to like the most credit, like because once they told us that they got two people mentioning it, we knew we were one, and we knew you were the other. They didn't know that, like you know what I'm saying. So in their head, they like okay. Did, first of all, why more people didn't reach out? That's on them. Probably because they were scared though. Like we get that a lot. Like a lot of people be scared to sit and talk with certain people. Oh man, y'all be having me reach out to all kind of people that I just normally wouldn't talk to. It'd be so cool because like it'd be like okay, this is my opportunity. A lot yeah. of the time it'd be people that I was looking, you know, looking to connect to. Now, this is a question I always want to know. The person you were supposed to book for us, do you still work with them? 
Uh no, that was just like a really that was actually a favor for uh for Bieber. Uh, was it? <laughs> yeah, but uh it was just, you know, uh didn't didn't really work out at the time. Yeah, oh, they're okay. still cool people though. I think I'm that, happy that they, didn't they, work though. They have they have a show on your network, if I'm not mistaken. He, he really don't though. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Hey, he do, but he don't. But you can't have a show if you ain't recorded. You know what I'm saying? Hey, two motherfucking shades. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. like, I'm happy that actually didn't work out though, because I don't think that it would have built this relationship as good as it did if that because it would have just been regular, okay, I booked them. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I, I'm happy that didn't work. You know what I'm saying? Plus, that would have been like some mad goofy shit. Like, yeah. it, it wouldn't have went over well with what we do. Right. Because we wasn't connected no, with nobody. Because I don't know if people know, but like, if somebody on a press run, we don't want to talk to them. Mm-hmm. You feel what I'm saying? Because then is that, first of all, people still don't understand what a podcast is. Right. Mm-hmm. I always have to explain, it. like, you know, talk radio that live forever. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I, uh, Trademark that in case they want to try hey, to you use should. that. You should definitely do Those that. are the works. Talk radio. They live forever. <laughs> but it, it, once you got to explain it like that, that don't even really work for everybody's press run because they think radio. So they think, oh, I'm going to just be there for 10 minutes and they can edit it up and then it's going to go. Or is this live and stuff like that? And it's like, you don't even know what a podcast is. You really shouldn't even become yeah. sitting down hey, with so anybody. What did you do yesterday? What? What you do yesterday? I, I don't know. You know what I did? What? I went on Amazon Prime. Yeah. I went to search. I typed in Chewy and I watched that uh, short comedy. You know why yeah. I watched that short comedy? Probably because you executive produced it. Probably. Yeah, but no, I'm sure because people it. can relate to it. And everybody who watches that, I guess people having dogs and they're breaking up. And it's whoever gets thing. it, yeah, it's this a is a big thing. thing in America. Like, bitch, take oh, the yeah. dog. Get the fuck out of uh, here. No, it's not that simple. You don't think so? No, it's not. That's why it's a big thing because <laughs> if it was that simple, I want the dog. Yeah, so everybody I would keep there, my dog. You would keep you yeah. would keep Pepper? Yeah, everybody can leave if but, Pepper can stay. Yeah. I'm joking, family. Pepper a cool dog. But yeah. that's what people should do. They should go to Amazon Prime TV, go to the search bar, click in Chewy, watch Chewy. It's only what, twenty five minutes? Twenty seven. It's a short in this in the real form of being a short film. Uh, and what what was the basis of that movie? Like who executive produced that? Uh me, you and Caso. Yeah, y'all never get Castle as credit. A nigga who's so big on credit don't never get Castle. How don't I? Every time I post about it, nigga, I just don't call. Yeah. I just call him his real name. Yeah, but he want his street name out there. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you actually live a daddy daughter life. How's that for you? Our daughters actually got the same name. So everybody in the, that them here coming up grade is gonna be like ten Avas in one class. Yeah, man, that shit was so funny. You think you being like clever or original <laughs> or something? Yeah. You be like, oh no, we all were. Yeah, but uh, no, it's really good, man. Uh, she lives in Flint right now, so yeah. we doing a lot of FaceTime in. Now, how was that with the water? This is a real question. Like, how did mm-hmm. it, when, when, when they said that they was moving to Flint, like, did you have some, like, major concerns? Like, I never really had any major concerns because my daughter was born in 2014. So the first first couple of years of her life, they lived in Wixom. Oh, okay. But uh, her family lives in Flint Heights, or Flint Township, I'm sorry. And so that's the, the suburb of Flint. And so their water systems are private out there. So okay, they, so that, the, uh-huh. that means that your daughter lives around. <laughs> so like where they got good water yeah, in the area like cute little yeah. cul-de-sac type shit like yeah. <laughs> like here go flip whoop they go flip ice <laughs> back to flip yeah exactly yeah. do she display uh display any signs you want to be in the business because she see what you do uh not just yet she just always like you know you, she, i'll be out there in the lobby and she'll be like she'll facetime me like what are you doing like i'm at the podcast i'm at the studio she wants to walk around and see and so we buy her little instruments and stuff like that but oh she play instruments now Oh, uh, I mean, she she four, she, so yeah. she got all the toy stuff, yeah. but, you know. Trying to see which one she keep in her hand. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. my daughter, uh, I'm thinking she leaning toward gymnastics, man. I bought her a beanbag chair, and she just cannot stop flipping off the couch onto this beanbag chair. Oh, yeah, she bro. does that, too. So, like, she uh, mm-hmm. goes to the little toddler tumble type shit. Yeah. yeah. You know? See, my daughter only two, so I'm about to get her off into that. See what I, I'm going to just. Toss her out there, see whatever she like, and then, you know yeah, what I'm saying, man. nurture that. Because I don't care what you do as long as you, like, for real focus, especially if I got to pay for this shit. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If I got to reach in my pocket, you got to tell me with the moment you don't want to do this shit no more. Let yeah. me know. And we out. No, she got to finish what she started, no matter if she like it or not. Because then what type of person would you be raising to think that just because my father was paying for something, I can stop when I want? 
she got to finish what she started, no matter if you pay for it or not, then you know not to pay for it again. Yeah, yeah she but she got to tell me that she don't like it. you explained it, though. Yeah. You got to make sure you be clear, cut, and precise with how stuff come across. Because that, to me, if I just would have heard that, sound like you were raising a quitter. And I know you're well, not. Hey, you Sometimes you got to quit it some shit. Like, no, it's okay to you quit, have to, bro. Wait a minute. No, that's you have how to dumb start, as fuck. You like, have if you're not good at some shit, started. quit that shit. Like, no, you have to don't finish what you started. Don't put your time in some shit you're not good at. If you start something and quit in the middle of it, that's not cool. So... Who the fuck judges oh. if you're a quitter or not? Like, oh. what did you, you say? judging a, your oh, daughter no, 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 if she no, no, no. a quitter. If you, I'm listen, like, if you, me if you quitting, get your what daughter, is that, how does that affect you? What but, if me quitting open up the slot to somebody who you, really want to okay, do that Okay, listen, if you, if you got your daughter in sports, a, a team sport, I right. don't want her to play teams, but I you want just her to said play you go nurture what she wants. Yeah. So if she see people playing hockey and you nurturing what she wants, if she go out for hockey and just because you paid for it, she can't quit in the middle of the season because she in a team sport. Her team depend on her whether she like it or not. Because but is the, the team dependent on her? Or what if she on the bench? Everybody on like, your I'm, team. It no, don't matter no, if she bro. on the bench. She might it be a matter, good player nigga. in practice. No, it don't matter, about? nigga. If you on the team, if I'm a good player at practice, put me in the game. I'm not about to sit around and watch lesser players play. That's not what I'm saying. You practice, saying bro. what if she on the bench? But just because she on the bench don't mean somebody. No, you don't, don't gotta sit on, on the bench. You don't gotta sit. Depend nigga, on yourself. You, you don't gotta sit on the bench. Get off the bench. Or I could say I don't want to be on this bench, and I could go do something else where I don't have to sit bro, on the bench. That's nigga. not cool. Let motherfuckers quit in the middle. Of I shit. don't give a fuck. Yeah, if it's you cool don't give or a fuck. Not, but that's the, what type of shit is you putting out there to, to the person you raising? If you, you don't have to do what you don't want to do, that's what I'm telling you. But that's not cool if it's a team effort. Cool to a nigga on the team. My nigga, if I'm on a team, if you on my team, yeah, and you don't. Want to be on my team? Get the fuck off my team! You, you not you, in the middle of the season. Yes, nigga. Get no, off. So, no, what? no, not you in the middle of the season. No, you bro. sound stupid, my bro. Nigga, all you stop know is team. No, about you teams, stop. Bro. All fuck? I know is team, but everybody don't know that. Right. That's so why. How you, can all I know is team? You can't explain team to a motherfucker who is not but born you can on a team. Show them. No, you can't show my nigga, team, my nigga. It's, it's a thousand sports leagues with niggas with teams who wasn't born on a team who play good on the team. And guess what? If I'm a good player, right? And it comes down to hold on, hold on. Player. See, no, you're saying, not no, you listening. equating listening, player with being on the team. Some people good for the team, nigga. No, you but some what people I'm not. If I'm not good for the team, then I don't wait till the end of it. I'm gonna leave now. No, and I can open up that at spot. The end of it, bro. Because how are you people depending me? on you. You feel what I'm saying? But you I can't. depend on me more than I depend on anybody else. If it's other people and me, I put me. That's you do too. not a team mentality. Yeah, no, stick, sticking don't. around don't make you dependable either. Right. That's what I'm saying. If I don't want to, I'm saying like, okay, listen. Okay, that's just my ideology. I'm not teaching my... If you don't like something, you said you wanted to do it. I also invested money just because I don't want to keep paying or you don't like it. No, you go see what you started all the way through. Why? Which because could be this, hurting. No. It could be hurting listen, more man, than helping, Listen bro. to what I'm saying, bro, because you keep talking while I'm talking. This has nothing to do with sports. This is That's that's why America like it is because niggas are quitting the middle with some shit. No, that's no, uh, no, that, no, no, no. America is like it is bro. because it's blindly loyal. And right. So I think no, but look, exactly. Exactly. Don't be. Listen, bro. If, if 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 my daughter is on a basketball team and she don't want to be on that team no more, don't waste your motherfucking time. Why does she want to be on the team? For whatever reason. It's not for whatever, for whatever reason. reason. She, nigga, she might not be working hard, so she don't understand that you really not getting in the game because you ain't working hard. All she doing is coming home to you saying they ain't putting me in, and then you find then you find out. When you go to practice to watch her practice, they not putting you in because when you get to practice and people supposed to be running laps, you ain't even running the laps. Well, guess what? You don't but deserve to be quit. in. But then she so wanted to quit. You, if, you, if, if you're not, if exactly. you're at practice and you're not practicing, and because you don't want to be a part of this, don't waste nobody's time. Because while you're while you're or, on that spot wasting that time, it's team. somebody who's working hard who would love that opportunity. So give that person in the middle of the season, at the end of the season, at the beginning of the season, if it's somebody else who working hard and deserve that spot, and you just there taking up space, get the fuck out the way, dog. No, dog. Yes, you dog. work hard because you said hard you was work, be here. Not, you just work hard because you said you're going to be here. You're not working up. hard. So get out the way. No, get, get out my way. Finish this shit. Then no, get don't out finish. the way. Yes, so if somebody, if, you do, if somebody doing something for you and they not doing a good job, you telling me you go tell a nigga, finish what you started? No, no because no. if somebody doing something for me, I'm probably paying them so I can fire them. Quitting but that ain't fired that, that ain't finished what you started. That's the nigga like I, I, I'm trying to see it through, dog. I'm no, trying to see it that's through. That's two different you things. Saying two why different can't, things. Why I can't I'm fire not, myself? Why I gotta be quit? Why, why? Yeah, yeah. Why, why I just fuck it? Why I fire I can't myself. Because what you said or my interest ain't really like at this level. My nigga didn't research some shit before you get it. No, bro. Well, yeah, that too. No, that too. That's exactly it, my nigga. I've been a coach, nigga. So when making me finish ain't the thing. Ain't making me finish ain't the same as me researching before I finish. If you research some shit. 
and you really do the research, so say we talking basketball, then you will see at practice motherfuckers got to run laps and do layups. Well, yeah. So if you're not prepared to run laps and do layups and do suicides and all of that shit, but I researched it. Hold on, hold on, hold on. But I researched it. After I researched it, I said, let me give this a shot. Then I get there and I see I don't want to do yeah, suicide. I don't want to. It's not worth it to me. I shouldn't be here. After the research, after the money, three games into the season, I realized that, you know what? I'm not a basketball player. Maybe I'll be a realize better coach. That shit you don't realize it until you, until you practice it, until you in the game, bro. Because driveway basketball is not the same as organized basketball. I'm like, just saying, dog. I'm just saying. I ain't telling nobody to but quit. I'm, I'm telling you to quit. That's like, that's like I'm saying, telling you to quit. So it's basically asking, do you want to raise kids who finish what they start or who make more informed decisions? I want to raise kids that make more informed okay, decisions. Okay, so say she do this every time. That's not even an informed decision, nigga, because she just because you telling her and providing the example. If you don't like it, quit. Oh no, we ain't talking about we ain't talking about uh, letting bad habits fester. Like that, a bad habit you know, will like, fester. You, you, you do some shit three times, nigga. That's a habit. Well, I ain't gonna let and me, I ain't saying I ain't your gonna, daughter either. Though. I ain't gonna let nobody waste my time, and so especially right. not my kids, because that's not how I want my kids to, to value to, it. Right. But like part of wasting time is doing stuff so just that you for know, the sake just, of doing it. Yeah, like like. <clears throat> Mad motherfuckers get jobs that they hate and they got other skills and they want to be doing something else, but they don't want to quit. But what you're doing is holding yourself back because the moment you quit, your, everything can open up. Bro, I, it, it is what it is. You, either you believe that it is what it is or it's not. Just because a nigga quit don't make them a bad person, bro. I didn't that say don't that. make them I lazy. That that don't make I didn't say so none of that. I didn't not, say none of that. And who's the judge if you a quitter? I quit it. I had to quit this to start my real life. Nigga, what is yeah, you talking about? Yeah, but I didn't about? say none of that. I didn't equate quitting with being a bad person. I didn't equate quitting with none of that but shit you, you didn't, said. but you are giving quitting a negative connotation. A negative I, context. I'm not. I, using I said, quitting. I, I, what I said is I prefer that my children yes. see something that they started all through. the way through even if then it's killing them even if it's killing what them you t- i'm talking my nigga then after they discovered they didn't like it me and my child or my children will speak about why they didn't like it and i will tell them within well, that's not what that's you want to do that's great that's unrealistic that's not unrealistic, <laughs> that's unrealistic. nigga <laughs> i do it now what are you yeah, talking yeah, about but as she so grows, she's what you to, mean as your kids she's grow. seven so if i'm fostering that toward now listen you don't want to do or she might new. stop Coming to you, telling you but how she, she hasn't feels. Yet. She because, hasn't because yet. She, my nigga, I've been doing this seven years, and I okay, think I'm doing okay. pretty good. You're doing like, pretty nigga, good, right? right? I'm doing but, pretty but good. But if she want to quit something, she could quit something. That's I didn't say she can't. I said I prefer in my child's life that my child sees something through that she started. If she doesn't like it, then she doesn't have to go back. I said that's what I would. She do. don't have to go back. What she if, doesn't have to. What go if back. day five of a thirty day run, she discovers she doesn't like it. So now she's doing something that she does not like, which is taking down her morale, which is fucking with her mentally. Or, 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 because or, what, this or is what if she shit. discovered she just didn't like the first few days? And I actually can do this. And I was tripping because I was afraid because children just if, like adults. Children just like what adults if? be afraid of new shit. You ever. You ever had a child have a problem because they go to a new school and they don't know nobody, so they sit alone. Then they discover that while I'm sitting alone, it was somebody who was sitting alone who came and talked to me. So now this school ain't that bad. I did have friends. I was just afraid of the first few days because I didn't know what was ahead of me. Because adults do that too. Because they do that with new jobs. Motherfucker be like, damn, I don't even know if I want to start a new job. Why? Because it's like starting school over. And when I first started school, I didn't know if I was going to have friends. It's the same thing, bro. They got to get into to it and know and understand that why we doing this of course it's gonna be some shit i don't like i can't stop just because i don't like it i gotta see it through because if i find i don't out, have to see it through man, man i don't have to I, see I wanna, it okay I like the, see real, it the real shit is that like you need both people in the world right you can't because you can't have anybody just quitting everything and you can't have somebody just Seeing sticking around just, you know what i mean but it's really good to you know to have balance and sometimes the balance is going to be in the individual but it's, other times it's going to be between two people you're right that's it, right? Because you could you could be a quitter, and I don't think nothing wrong with that. I just ain't a quitter. <laughs> but I'm but, talking but about me. Yeah, yeah. But you're also probably wasting precious time that you could be spending doing something else. By no, not because quitting, because by I, not quitting, I utilize my time. So if I'm sitting on the bench, I would be doing something else. And maybe I discovered by sitting on the bench that actually I can see the game better from the bench. So I would be a better asset as a coach. So maybe I quit the team. In a, as in a player, but I now I'm a player coach. Well, I'm gonna say it like this, right? A lot of my shit came through trial and error and yeah. knowing when to like you know stop. You gotta know when yeah. to say fuck it. This is a no. Knowing when to stop. That's quitting something through. <laughs> no, it's not because when you first got to Barack, if she told you to go get some Wendy's, you could have been like fuck that shit. 
I'm not here to get no Wendy's. I'm here to learn the music business mm-hmm. and learn the entertainment business. But you didn't. You went and got the Wendy's and you picked up mm-hmm. her daughter and you've seen it through. And now you're sitting here because you discovered that I'm actually way better behind the scenes to other people because you might still be writing songs trying to get you a hit as uh and say la David because you so because you didn't quit because you still can hear some music you still can hear Keely singing and go in there and say no I sing it like this because you learned that but you just don't do it now but did you quit mm-hmm. or you saw that through and say oh I'm as hold a on we well, don't know what well, he saw so, through because well, at, the, at the at the when I quit Barack it was uh, at a time where that was really like the only thing I had going for me on the like professional side like aside from being an artist and so. It was really a thing about whether, you know, should I, like, keep it going just to say that I'm a part of something or should I take a step back and figure out what the next thing is. And so had I not quit, then I might, you know, be in a stunted position. But you saw your mission through, though. Your mission. I mean, yeah, I guess I'd say. Yeah. Or, they, you, or the mission could have changed. I mean, yeah. And if I, th- and out, I think, if I think you set out was... to be a singer-songwriter, that mission ain't incomplete or is not completed yet mm-hmm. but he just quit one part of what he was doing i mean because i'm not i'm not even doing the thing that i thought i left barack for and so like that's kind of the thing it's like i thought i wanted to be like a pastor or something at one point right <laughs> yeah. so what was like, gonna be your pastor uh, day i mean it's d'angelis garcia that's like that's my real name <laughs> oh so. hey man yo niggas is doing business ass to get them taxes right you feel me? You know yeah saying? man clef so, dollar you think that's a real yeah, name i mean probably not you know what i mean <laughs> but at but at the time, that's what I thought I'd be doing. I thought I was gonna be like a like a like a neo soul gospel singer type deal. Bastard. Yeah, and it was it was just like a weird thing. It's and like, we're not laughing at that. It's because like, I mean I'm laughing at that. Like what the <laughs> neo soul gospel? <laughs> no, like because like it's a real thing, right? And so like because what you find now, because I used to like lead praise and worship and shit like that. Yeah. And so what you find now is that a lot of the people leading praise and worship have have like this neo soul vibe, but they sing. <laughs> These Christian rock songs, right? And so, like, and so, like, that's actually a style of music, yeah. And so, and that's how you like you even get like your Daniel Caesars and your hers and stuff like that. Is that this is the type of music that they've been singing for like life. the last yeah. ten years at least? Yeah. <laughs> he said, "Y'all left to be a deal so past." Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> don't get that up. We got we, we, we got some start. Then we might be <laughs> we got some start. We Reverend Lonnie Love, nigga. Yeah, man. <laughs> so, so, like, so that's the vibe that I thought I was gonna. I thought I was like a gospel poet or something. Yeah. but like. That's, that, that's so far removed from what I'm here to talk about today, right? <laughs> yeah. But I hadn't, I wouldn't have got to any of that. I wouldn't have gotten to this point had I not quit. See, I don't, you just stopped doing it. Quit. That's said, quitting, nigga. No, that's, did you say fuck this shit? I'm out because it's something I don't like. That's what I when I hear um, the word quit. That's what I think. Like I think, you, like you upset. You don't like something. I'm done. I might have over spiritualized it at the time, but I think that's really what it boiled down to. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, because you you was more in your spiritual bag. Yeah. Like yeah. this ain't lining up with my spirit. Yeah. Like the Lord told me. <laughs> yeah. But no. <laughs> like, say fuck. This I think shit. what it really boiled down to is that like, no, I don't really think that this is the right opportunity to like pursue right now. Yeah. Well, what I'm doing. Well, what I want to do. Yeah. So tell the people how they can get in contact with you. Uh, follow me on Instagram. That's art dot dealer dot dean. Uh, that's where I be at. Yeah. What you got going on? Uh, you got some pretty big things going on right uh, now. Oh man! So there is a an award show coming up on May fifth. Can I say that? I don't know. Timestamp that because I don't uh, know when it's coming out. Right. That's one minute and three seconds. All right, yeah. So uh, award show coming up with the Detroit Filmmaker Association. It's going to be the first ever Detroit Filmmaker Awards. Uh, that's going down pretty soon. Uh, rolling out an uh, art concept called Figment, which is just uh, kind of helping people narrate through Humble Fly and our ecosystem of providing consultation and creative services. Yeah, I seen, I'll be seeing the pictures too. That stuff was dope. Uh, like mm-hmm. what you be posting, like coming, how it's coming and stuff. That's dope. Hey, man, we definitely appreciate you, man. Uh, you definitely, since my brother told me about you, been an ally, a good ally, a friend to the show. Like I said, like uh, usually when people ain't talking to the artist or something, you don't even know like you talking to somebody who talking to somebody who talking to somebody and people just don't respect certain stuff but for the most part we get it right you feel what i'm saying working together we get it right so we appreciate that how can people contact us bro uh they can contact us at pr at tcohh.org pr at tcohh.org what if they want to get at you though uh on the instagram and the twitter at tcepod at tcepod uh 
It's a good one, man. We got a lot of good stuff coming up, a lot of stuff we excited about, man. So y'all just keep your eyes on us and get ready and stay prepared. Yeah, and May is Urban Podcast Month. What's the hashtag? We had to switch the hashtag. It's 2019 UPM on Instagram and Twitter. 2019 UPM. Do, do hashtags, is that on? Is that a Facebook thing too? Is people hashtagging shit on yeah. Facebook? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, I don't know if that's... Just do that on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because when I typed it in... That's it, it. Ain't I ain't see it pop up, but you you know you never know because motherfuckers get the hashtag and they names and all types. So it's a crazy world. But what we do got for the listeners, if you're still with us, because this been a long one, we got some merch that we want to give away, right? And our merch that we want to give away is based on if you listen to the podcast, right? So we got a trivia question. Our first trivia question is uh, on a Big Greg episode. What did he say he was doing when he first heard the uh, flex drop the uh, bombs, right? If you know the answer to that, you got to email us at uh, PR at TCOHH. Email us the answer. Email us your dot org. Oh, yeah. PR at TCOHH.org. Email us the answer, and we uh, get contact you, whoever answered the question first, and we got something nice to send you. Yeah, and uh, all that, the the free merch is actually going to be exclusive. Like So when yeah. we see it, we know that. You, you as a listener, you, you answered answer the question. Yeah. So uh, what's the question again? Uh, what was Big Greg doing on a Big Greg episode when he first heard Flex drop the bombs? Do you know the answer? Yeah. That's yeah. why I came up with it, because I was like, a nigga had to listen to know this. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I'm a, I think I think I know. <laughs> we talk about that. Because I email and give me one of these bitches to sell these shits. Like, you can't tell me what to do with my motherfucking merch. I might go send you a free shirt. If you How? If I, question, if I answer the question, am I excluded? Yeah, of course you I just you're told you I didn't remember. So what? You, you know. excluded. Anybody in the room recording is excluded. <laughs> <laughs> the room recording is excluded. You know I'm saying? SJ. I'm AJ. I want for my brother what, what I, I want, want for myself. myself.